Okay, we are going to continue today uh, in Proverbs. Our series is Wisdom and Truth from Proverbs, and we're going to pick up where we left off last week. Uh, We're in Proverbs chapter 3, and uh, we are considering verses 1 through 10. Uh, We looked at 1 through 4 last week, and uh, my intention was to begin in verse 6 and complete those verses this morning. However, as it often turns out, as I worked on my sermon, I realized I wasn't going to get through all those verses, so uh, we're just going to uh, get through the first two words, because I call this part of the series Four Words to Live By, and we're going to cover the first two today. Four words to live by, and if we, if we would actually live by them, it would probably make, it would undoubtedly make a significant difference in our world in our quality of life and the way we deal with what we encounter in life. So let's read this passage together, and I'm going to read all the way through those ten verses today. Beginning in chapter 3, I'm going to read, beginning back at verse 1, where we were last week. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments, for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. And turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first fruits, or from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning to continue considering the truth and wisdom of your word. And I ask you to speak to us today, uh, open our hearts, open our minds, challenge us, motivate us, help us to take these truths and this wisdom and apply it in our lives and live it so that we can have the kind of lives that you've called us to have. And we ask this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. When I was in uh, junior high, my dad gave me a book. It was a fairly thick book, about like this. And the title imprinted on the, the cover, on the spine of this book, was Word Power Made Easy. Now I'm a junior higher, and my dad gives me a book, Word Power Made Easy. That book, however, started me on a journey in which I came to love words. I love what, what they mean and what they don't mean. And it's not that I feel in any way superior to anyone else, but I do notice when words are used incorrectly or uh, placed grammatically incorrectly. 
Maybe it's a wrong word or maybe it's just not grammatically correct. Now, when it comes to spelling, that's another story. <laughs> From my youth, I've always had trouble with spelling. I, I'm thankful that I've gotten a lot better about it, but uh, it never fails. Even as I'm writing my sermons, I'll start to type a word and I can't figure out how to spell it. You know, and I'm going back and looking and and I try it three or four different ways and it never comes out right and I finally have to go to a dictionary which reminds me when I was in college uh, I had trouble spelling and my English teacher said when you can't spell a word get out a dictionary and look it up and I thought to myself how do I look it up if I don't know how to spell it <laughs> anyway words I thought it would be interesting to see if anyone's done a study or a survey or anything like that uh, to see what people's favorite words are. And as a matter of fact, I found there have been a lot of surveys about this, and I just want to share a few of them with you this morning. Now, most of these surveys came up with dozens and dozens of words that were people's favorite words. Uh, I'm just going to list the first five from their number one down through number five. In Japan, favorite words. Number one, effort. Sincerity, freedom, peace, love. Michael Michalko did a two-year study. He's a seminar leader. Uh, he talked to friends and family and associates. And in his seminars, he'd always have a little survey to find out what people's favorite words were. This, number one, Peace, then equality, security, prosperity, love. Those were the top five. Uh, there was a survey of professional salespeople. As you might guess, number one was customer. Service, freedom, independent, dedication. In 1970, Yale University uh, did a study to find out what the most pers persuasive words are in the English language. Number one was you, money, save, new, result. I don't know why, but those words don't impress me and for that cause, you know, persuasive. Anyway, uh, there was a survey of 7,000 English-speaking people from 46 different countries in the world. What's your favorite word? Top word was mother. Then passion, smile, love, eternity. And finally, uh, an administrator in a nursing home did a survey of his residents. What's your favorite word? Number one, God. Faith, family, health, friends. Do you get the perspective there? These people are at the end of their life in a nursing home. What's really important? Now, what surprised me in all these surveys was a word that never came up. And there were lists of words a hundred long, and this word never came up. Uh, and I would have thought this would have been a favorite word. And the word I'm thinking of 
is yes. But it never came up in any of the lists. Yes. Well, enough of that. We're going to consider, begin considering, four words to live by. And when I say live by them, I'm talking about the context of Proverbs here, the idea of wisdom. If we will live by these words, if we will let these words live in us, through us, we will indeed be wise and we will live lives that keep us on a path in God's will. Here's the first word, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. First word, trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, trust is one of those words that we often talk about in our relationship to God. We say things like, I'm, I'm trusting God. Or, I just have to trust God. Or maybe we'll say to someone else, you just need to trust God. And it's so easy to say. So easy to say. And we mean it. But I wonder if we fully grasp the implication of what we have just said. To truly trust God is so much bigger than just saying it and giving it that mental assent, you know. Yes, I, I need to trust God. Even though we're sincere, I'm not sure we grasp the depth of that. It was a windy day. A young boy was standing on the edge of a cliff and he suddenly slipped off. He managed to grab a vine a few feet down and was holding on as tight as he could. His father ran over and he couldn't reach him. And because of the cliff's angle, the child couldn't see his father. But in the noise and the wind, he, th he thought he heard him say, Hang on, son, I'm, I'm going to come and get you. The father quickly surveyed the situation, and he saw there was a ledge below, the, below his, his son. And so he quickly climbed down a nearby crevice, and he got on the ledge underneath his son. Now the child was struggling to hang on. He didn't know where his dad was. And with the wind howling, he, he faintly heard his father's voice. He couldn't see his father. He didn't know whether his, where his father was. But he could hear his voice. And his father said this. Let go. Let go. I'm here, just let go. Trust is letting go. Even when you can't see the Father, even when you don't know where He is in the midst of everything that you're facing, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let go. Trust, you see, 
is total surrender. Surrender to the truth of your inability to solve it or fix it or change it. Trust is surrender to the truth that you are not in control. Trust is surrender to the truth that God and only God is in control. Trust is not giving some of it to God. Trust is not even giving most of it to God. Trust is letting go and giving it all to God. It is surrendering your will to His. Trust. Just let go. And lean not on your own understanding. Consider this. How much do we really understand about the situations of our life? How much do we truly, really understand about what's going on in any situation in our life? What we know is what's right in front of us. But what we don't know is what's in the background. We don't know what's in the foreground. We only really know what's right in front of us. And even that we may not understand. The truth is we see only a small part of the picture of whatever's going on in our life. We see the immediate. We see what's right in our face. But even then, we do not see all that surrounds it. And so what do we do? We guess. We make assumptions. We conjecture. And from all of that, we build a story. We build a story. Based on little parts, but not knowing the whole picture. We think we understand but our understanding is grossly limited. It's limited by our humanity. But God sees it all. And God sees the ledge. And he calls out, let go. Trust. The second word. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. The word is acknowledge. In all your ways, acknowledge him. This word again is, is easy to say and think. Yes, I know God's there. I know you're there, God. But again, this is much bigger than what we realize. Imagine with me. You're on a journey. You're in a car and you're on a journey. A long journey. And you don't always know exactly where you are. There are crossroads. 
There are closed roads. There are days when the weather is so stormy you sometimes can't even see the road. Your body gets tired, your eyes get weak, your mind gets foggy, but you figure you'll try, you'll try, you'll just get it figured out. You just know you'll figure it out. You're determined. Sometimes you feel completely lost. Sometimes you feel almost hopeless. The road takes unexpected turns. You get turned around. Now, this whole time on your trip, there's been a passenger right beside you. And you know your passenger's there. You know they're there in the car with you. And you're glad for the company. And you may even uh, carry on a little bit of conversation with them. But you haven't acknowledged them. You've talked to them from time to time. Especially when you first get started in on the trip. But you've not involved him, this passenger, you've not involved him in the journey. Which is actually rather foolish. Because this passenger with you in this imaginary journey that you're on in your car, he happens to know the roads like the back of his hand. He knows exactly what roads to take and what turns to make and when to slow down and when to speed up and even when to stop and rest. He is able to see the road ahead even when it's raining hard or it's so dark you can't see the road. You see, all you've done is given mental assent to his presence but you've not involved him in your trip. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In all your ways, in all, that's inclusive, in all your ways, in everything you do, even if it seems mundane, even if it seems old hat, common, oh, been there and done that. Nothing in your life, nothing in your life is too small to bring God into it. Don't just give God a nod in the morning when you set out on your day. Let him participate in your day. In everything that happens in your day. Involve him in your work, in your play, in your day, in your night. As God leads you You see, he wants to be a part of everything you do. That's why the word is all. 
in all your ways acknowledge him don't just give him mental assent during the week and then get real personal with him on Sunday in every day of your life when you take the trash out when you go out to chase the cows when you go to work when you go out to play with your kids when you go to the grocery store when you go to fill up your gas tank with gas when you turn on your TV in all your ways in everything you do acknowledge him involve him in it don't just give him a nod give him your life every moment of your life and he will make your path straight. When we involve God in every aspect of life, the promise is he will make our paths straight. Now, does that, does that mean that we'll never encounter problems? Does that mean that life will be smooth sailing? Does that mean that God will just remove all the obstacles? No. Life is full of obstacles. Jesus said, in this world you have tribulation. There are mountains. There are storms. There is darkness. But if we involve God in every aspect of our life, He will take us through those things. Sometimes, He'll help us avoid them. You know, if we have our eyes open and we're really listening. But regardless, if we involve him in our every moment of our lives, he will take us through the obstacles. He will take us across the mountains. He will get us through the storms. He will get us through the darkness. And he'll take us straight to where he wants us to be. You've no doubt uh, read a poem or heard a song or maybe listened to a, a sermon in which you were told that God is your co-pilot in this journey on life. That, however, is not the role God wants. God doesn't want to be your co-pilot. God wants to be your pilot. He wants to be in charge. He wants His hands on the steering wheel. If you acknowledge Him in all your ways, <coughs> He will be your pilot. If you involve Him in every aspect of your life, He will be your pilot. And he will take you straight to where he wants you to be. I mentioned at the beginning how I was surprised to find that in all the words that people listed as their favorite, there was one word that was not among them. And I would contend this one word 
is actually the most important word. For it is the word God longs to hear. When he asks, will you trust me with all your heart? Will you acknowledge me in all your ways? Will you fear me and turn from evil? Will you honor me with your wealth? What's the word he wants to hear? Yes. Yes. The word is yes. Those are the first two words. I, I hope that maybe they are bigger now than they were when we started. Trust and acknowledge. Heavenly Father, we ask you to help us do this. Help us to let go and give it all to you. Help us to surrender completely to you. And Father, help us to acknowledge you in every aspect of our lives, not just give you mental assent, not just to say, yes, I know you're there, but involve you in everything that we do. Help us to do this, Father, that we might walk wisely in this world. And we ask it in your Son's name. Amen.